0: The meeting
1: i'm carl i'm an alcoholic my sobriety is august 22nd 2014.
0: i'm chelsea i'm an alcoholic and my sobriety date is february 19th 2015. this is sober pod. sober pod is a podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery we are not professionals and do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations and as always, we encourage you to listen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> listen, the <laughs> <in> moderation. <laughs> you, you get it. Tired.
1: <laughs> so tired. I am yeah, tired. Yeah, this is the evening episode of Fun, not the morning. <laughs> not, we don't have the good vibes in the evening, dude. I'm really tired too, and I don't the even tired know that. vibes. Yeah, um, I do have my jammies on, so there's that. Actually, I got home from a. Uh, Went to a, a club function, you know, one of those AA clubs, and uh, yeah, I, I volunteered to be the, the note keeper, basically keeping notes of us, kind of a, our group meeting, and uh, so it's great. I only do that once a month, which is great. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I got I got really tired after that. So um, I do have to uh, acknowledge my um, uh, my sponsor. Uh, you know I don't know if you're the praying kind, I guess that's the idea is uh, my sponsor went into the hospital last week and he's basically been uh, intubated and sedated uh, since uh, last week uh, like right after Thanksgiving and uh, he is just out of it and I can't even begin to say like how uh, important you know this person is in my life. It's really hard to describe and it's kind of hard for me to feel it in this strange way, because I don't think, um, you know, though I've had other people close to me in my life, there is, there is, and, and boy, maybe, maybe there's a reason why he's trying to check out, huh? Cause he knows, <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, it's because, um, he, uh, I mean, he knows everything about me. He knows, I mean, to the everything. And, um, even when I, you know, uh, mention things or I'm thinking different and he can, he's the dude that like can call me out on that. Right. So when I start talking to him about, you know, uh, picking out the curtains in my apartment after leaving my wife, right. He basically goes, you're not going to leave her. She's not going to leave you. And you know, it kind of brings me <laughs> down to reality. Right. Those types of things. And, um, and I just tell you, I've never said, I love you uh, to a, another man in that way. Like, you know, in a real sincere, honest way than, than this man. And so, I think it's really important to just acknowledge how the impact that we have on each other's lives in recovery and what we do and how important it actually is, you know, because at moments like this, it's, it's really clear how important that this man was to me and my family, you know, and other people as well. I mean, all the other people that he's affected or impacted throughout the years as well. It just seems so strange, you know, so it, it's hard to feel it is all I can say because that's what it is for me. It's like it's the first time I get to feel this way with somebody in my life, you know. And again, I don't say it like, oh, sober, like it's the first time sober. No, no, it's just the first time. I've never yeah. felt this way ever, you know. So it's a real different way to feel it. And I'm trying not to run from it, trying not to, um, you know, uh, uh, numb out, you know, or yeah. ignore it. You know those types of things. So, so I just FYI, I'm a, I'm a little, little different this week, and we're going to have to talk about going to meetings, talking about sponsorship, because that's that's what we're doing. So, in this episode, what are we doing, Chelsea?
0: We are listening to the Living Sober book. What chapter are we on now? God 20, only fucking knows. <laughs> Twenty thousand five hundred.
1: Um, it is. Oh, uh, so and this is a long one, right? So it's we're on chapter twenty nine, going to AA meetings, um, and so um, we have been reading through the book Living Sober. When did we start this? Do you remember?
0: We always forget, but it, the episode is like what New Beginnings, back yeah, back in like that, maybe yeah. March twenty two.
1: Yep, yep. So. Again, we've been going through the book, Living Sober, various topics. And actually, you know, I've really enjoyed, I think we only have like a little bit more to go, to be honest, because um, like, some of these, the ones after this are pretty short. There's like one of them that's like seven minutes, but like the others are like a minute where they they read the 12 steps or they talk about, here are the pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> here are the titles of the pamphlets that you can request. Uh, but that that's about it. So I think we're probably going to do like a, a double episode or something the next time and then... Let the rest of the year ride out. Maybe not maybe not be around for Christmas. <gasps> oh my God. Did I just say that out loud? <laughs> oh my god. People are gonna people are gonna be like, damn it, I paid my dollar.
0: I won <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of episodes to listen to. Oh yeah. I'm sure there back. are Christmas episodes yeah. too. Yeah,
1: which I, I should repost some of those throughout the holidays, put those on the on the Facebook SilverPod Live group. I think yeah. that would be uh that would be Nice to just schedule those up throughout the, the holidays. I'll find them all and put them out there. Okay. So this is it. We're listening to this shit and we're doing this. This is 18 minutes and 49 seconds, Chelsea.
0: Wow. I'm
1: going it's gonna to be the AA whole
0: episode. <laughs> <Man>, there, <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll just get it. As soon as it comes back on, we'll just say goodbye. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> all right. All right. Here it is. Uh, This is um, uh, AA Going to Meetings. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you pumped? So pumped. Let the healing begin. (laughs) Here it is. Going
2: to AA Meetings. Long before this booklet was even thought of, every single idea in it and many more suggestions for living sober were learned, and proved successful by hundreds of thousands of alcoholics. We did this not just by reading, but also by talking to each other. At first, we mostly listened. You can easily do the same thing free, and you don't have to join anything. What we did was simply go to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous. There are over 5 million each year in approximately 180 countries around the globe. And remember, you do not have to become an AA member in order to visit some AA meetings. If all you want to do is sort of try out AA, you are entirely welcome to attend AA meetings as an observer and just listen quietly without saying a word. You don't need to give your name, or you can give a phony one if you want to. AA understands. It doesn't record names of either members or visitors attending its meetings anyhow. You won't have to sign anything or answer any questions feel free to ask some if you wish but many people prefer just to listen the first few times like practically everyone else who has gone to an aa meeting you'll probably be very surprised the first time the people you see around you look mostly normal healthy reasonably happy and successful they do not look like old-fashioned cartoons of drunkards bums or fanatic dried up teetotalers. What's more, you'll usually find us quite a friendly bunch doing a lot of laughing at ourselves. That is why if you are hungover, an AA gathering provides a cheerful environment for getting past the hangover and beginning to feel much, much better. You can be very sure that every AA member in that room deeply understands exactly how you feel because we remember vividly our own hangover miseries and how it felt the first time we ever went to an AA meeting. If you are shy, kind of a loner, just like many of us, you'll find the AA members willing to let you pretty much alone if that is really what you want and it makes you more comfortable. However, most of us found it much more beneficial to hang around for a bite and a chat after the meeting. Feel free to participate in the socializing or eyeball-to-eyeball sharing, just as much or as little as you wish. Different kinds of AA meetings Many AA members from all over the U.S. and Canada were asked for ideas for this booklet. Near the top, in all their lists, is the suggestion that one of the surest ways of avoiding drinking is going to various kinds of AA meetings. That's where we learn all these ideas from each other, one member wrote. If you want to stay sober, going to any AA meeting is, of course, safer than going to a bar, or a party, or staying at home with a bottle. Chances for avoiding malaria are best when you stay away from a swamp full of mosquitoes. Just so, chances of not drinking are better at an AA meeting than they are in a drinking situation. In addition, at AA meetings, there is a kind of momentum toward recovery. Whereas drinking is the object of a cocktail party, sobriety is the common goal aimed for at any AA meeting. Here, perhaps more than anywhere else, you are surrounded by people who understand drinking, who appreciate your sobriety, and who can tell you many means of furthering it. Besides, you see many, many examples of successfully recovered, happy, non-drinking alcoholics. That's not what you see in bar rooms. Here are the most popular kinds of AA group meetings and some of the benefits derived from attending them. Beginners or newcomers meetings. These are usually smaller than other meetings and often precede a larger meeting. They are open to anyone who thinks he or she may possibly have a drinking problem. In some places, these meetings are a series of scheduled discussions or talks about alcoholism about recovery, and about AA itself. In others, the beginner's meetings are simply question-and-answer sessions. AAs who have used these meetings a lot point out that these are excellent places to ask questions, to make new friends, and to begin to feel comfortable in the company of alcoholics who are not drinking. Open meetings. Anyone welcome, alcoholic or not. These are likely to be a little more organized, a little more formal. Usually two or three members who have volunteered in advance in turn tell the group about their alcoholism, what happened, and what their recovery is like. An AA talk of this type does not have to follow any set pattern. Of course, only a tiny handful of AA members are trained orators. In fact, even those AAs whose jobs involve professional speaking Carefully avoid making speeches at AA meetings. Instead, they try to tell their own stories as simply and directly as possible. What is unmistakable is the almost startling sincerity and honesty you hear. You'll probably be surprised to find yourself laughing a lot and saying to yourself, yes, that's just what it's like. One of the big benefits of attending such open meetings is the opportunity to hear a wide, wide variety of actual case histories of alcoholism. You hear the symptoms of the illness described in many varying forms, and that helps you decide whether you have it. Naturally, each AA member's experiences have been different from the others. It is possible that sometime you'll hear someone recall favorite drinks, drinking patterns, and drinking problems or drinking fun, very much like your own. On the other hand, the incidents and the drinking stories you hear may be quite unlike yours. You will hear people of many different backgrounds, occupations, and beliefs. Each member speaks only for himself or herself and voices only his or her own opinions. No one can speak for all of AA. And no one has to agree with any sentiments or ideas expressed by any other AA member. Diversity of opinion is welcomed and valued in AA. But if you listen carefully, you will probably recognize familiar feelings, if not familiar events. You will recognize the emotions of the speaker as having been much like your own, even if the life you hear about has been radically different from yours. In AA, this is called identifying with the speaker. It does not mean that the age, the sex, the lifestyle, the behavior, the pleasures, or the troubles of the speaker are identical to yours. But it does mean that you hear of fears, excitements, worries, and joys which you can empathize with, which you remember feeling at times yourself. It may surprise you that you will almost never hear an AA speaker sound self-pitying about being deprived of alcohol. Identifying with the speaker's past may not be as important as getting an impression of his or her present life. The speaker usually has found or is reaching for some contentment, peace of mind, solutions to problems, zest for living, and a kind of health of the spirit which you, too, want. If so, hang around. Those qualities are contagious in AA. Besides, the reminders you get of the miseries of active alcoholism can help extinguish any lurking desire to take a drink. At meetings like this, many AA members have heard the very tips on recovery they were looking for, and almost all members leave such a meeting so refreshed and so encouraged in their recovery that the last thing on earth they want is a drink. Closed Discussion Meetings only for alcoholics or for people who are trying to find out whether they are alcoholics. Some AA groups hold discussion meetings labeled open, so anyone is welcome to attend. More often, such meetings are described as closed, for members or prospective members only, so those who attend can feel free to discuss any topic that might trouble or interest any problem drinker these are confidential discussions. A member who has volunteered in advance may lead off the meeting by telling briefly of his or her own alcoholism and recovery. The meeting is then open for general discussion. Anyone troubled by a particular problem, no matter how painful or embarrassing, may air it at a discussion meeting and hear from others present their experiences at handling the same or a similar problem. And yes, experiences of happiness and joy are shared too. One surely learns in such discussions that no alcoholic is unique or alone. It has been said that these meetings are the workshops in which an alcoholic learns how to stay sober. Certainly, one can pick up at discussion meetings a broad range of suggestions for maintaining a happy sobriety. Step Meetings Many AA groups hold weekly meetings at which one of the 12 steps of the AA program is taken up in turn and forms the basis of the discussion. AA's 12 traditions, the three legacies of AA, AA slogans, and discussion topics suggested in AA's monthly magazine, The Grapevine, are also used by some groups for this purpose. But other topics are almost never ruled out, especially if someone present feels an urgent need for help with an immediate, pressing personal problem. In conjunction with the book's Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, step meetings afford perhaps the most easily grasped insights into an understanding of the fundamental principles of recovery in AA. These sessions also furnish a wealth of original interpretations and applications of the basic AA program, showing how we can use it not only to stay sober, but to enrich our lives. State, Regional, National, and International AA Conventions and Conferences Attended by anywhere from hundreds to more than 50,000 AA members, often accompanied by their families, these king-size AA gatherings usually are weekend affairs, consisting of many kinds of session. The programs often include discussion workshops on varied topics as well as talks by guest experts on alcoholism and usually a banquet a dance entertainment and time for other social or recreational activities all the more highly enjoyed because they are alcohol free they show us how much fun we can have sober they also give us a chance to meet and learn from aas who live in other areas for many members These occasions become favorite holiday weekends, as well as highly prized peak experiences in recovery. They provide inspiring memories to cherish on ordinary days and often see the start of close, lifelong friendships. Do we have to go to those meetings for the rest of our lives? Not at all, unless we want to. Thousands of us seem to enjoy meetings more and more as the sober years go by. So it is a pleasure, not a duty. We all have to keep on eating, bathing, breathing, brushing our teeth, and the like. And millions of people continue year after year, working, reading, going in for sports and other recreation, frequenting social clubs, and performing religious worship. So our continued attendance at AA meetings is hardly peculiar, as long as we enjoy them, profit from them, and keep the rest of our lives in balance but most of us go to meetings more frequently in the first years of our recovery than we do later. It helps set a solid foundation for a long-term recovery. Most AA groups hold one or two meetings a week, lasting about an hour or an hour and a half. And it is widely believed in AA that a new AA member fares best by getting into the habit of regularly attending the meetings of at least one group as well as visiting other groups from time to time. This not only provides a big choice of differing AA ideas, it also helps bring into the problem drinker's life a measure of orderliness, which helps combat alcoholism. We have found it quite important, especially in the beginning, to attend meetings faithfully, no matter what excuses present themselves for staying away. We need to be as diligent in attending AA meetings as we were in drinking. What serious drinker ever let distance, or weather, or illness, or business, or guests, or being broke, or the hour, or anything else, keep him or her from that really wanted drink? We cannot let anything keep us from AA meetings either, if we really want to recover. We have also found that going to meetings is not something to be done only when we feel the temptation to drink. We often get more good from the meetings by attending them when we feel fine and haven't so much as thought of drinking. And even a meeting which is not totally, instantly satisfying is better than no meeting at all. Because of the importance of meetings, many of us keep a list of local meetings with us at all times and never travel far from home base without taking along one of the AA directories or accessing a directory online. Which enable us to find meetings or fellow members almost anywhere on Earth. When serious illness or natural catastrophe makes missing a meeting absolutely unavoidable, we have learned to work out substitutes for the meetings. It's amazing, though, how often we hear that blizzards in subarctic regions, hurricanes, and even earthquakes have not prevented AAs from traveling a hundred miles or more to get to meetings. With a meeting to reach, Getting there by canoe, camel, helicopter, jeep, truck, bicycle, or sleigh is as natural to some AAs as using cars, buses, or subways is for the rest of us. (laughs) As a substitute for a meeting, when attendance is impossible, we may contact AA friends on the telephone, by ham radio, or electronically or we may participate in one of the many online meetings available on the internet. If none of these methods is available, we may simply hold a meeting in our minds while reading some AA material or a story from the grapevine. For several hundred isolated AA loners, such as armed services personnel far from home, and for seagoing AA internationalists and homers, Special services are provided free by the General Service Office of AA to help them keep in close contact with AA. They receive the Loners Internationalists Meeting, LIM, and lists that enable them to communicate with other members by letters or email between the times they find it possible to go to regular AA meetings. But many of those who are on their own do something even better when they find no AA group near enough for them to attend. They start a group. The money question. Alcoholism is expensive. Although AA itself charges no dues or fees whatsoever, we have already paid pretty heavy dues to liquor stores and bartenders before we get here. Therefore, many of us arrive at AA nearly broke, if not heavily, in debt. The sooner we can become self supporting, the better we have found. Creditors are almost always happy to go along with us as long as they see we are really making an honest, regular effort to climb out of the hole, even in tiny installments. A particular kind of expenditure, however, in addition to food, clothing, and shelter, naturally, has been found extremely valuable in our first sober days. One of us has given his permission. To print here his Investment Council. In the first few weeks without a drink, when the wolf is at the door, and the sheriff's at the window, and you're sleeping on the floor, and life looks bleak and hopeless from a monetary angle, it's time to spend in certain ways to solve the awful tangle. That token or that bus fare to get you to a meeting. That dime to use the telephone for that necessary greeting. That nickel for expenses that makes you feel you matter. That dollar for the coffee shop for after-meeting chatter. All these are wise investments for the neophyte to make. This bread, when cast upon the waters, always comes back cake.
1: Chelsea, wake up. Wake up, Chelsea. <laughs> Look, the reading's yeah. over.
0: Okay. Finally. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, fuck
1: it, Damn. You need some coffee? Come back. I need
0: something. Yeah.
1: For all Oof. of you that were driving, I am so sorry.
0: We hope you're still driving. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: So, um, boy, I don't even know what to say, but it's a long, this is the longest one. It was all about meetings. Isn't that funny?
0: yeah
1: um yeah I suppose you know a lot goes on at meetings that i mean you really couldn't even cover in this stuff, right? I mean, they try to you know capture some of it but uh but yeah i mean it it is a big part of what we do in terms of um why do you why do you think that meetings work
0: because you're physically in a place um where you have to focus your attention on the meeting, right? I mean, I guess you could be looking at the hot people in the front row or something, but. Wait a minute.
1: Are there <laughs> hot people in AA? That's another question.
0: <laughs> there are occasionally. Oh, a
1: few and far between. Okay, how many teeth do they have?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the hot ones usually have all their teeth. <laughs> oh my
1: God. 32? No fucking way. <laughs>
0: I think because it kind of gets you out of your house, wherever your your workplace, you go to a specific place and you listen to stories and you get to like express yourself or just be seen or just um, find that connection. I think that is what makes AA so successful is that connection aspect a group of people collectively going through the same thing, albeit a little bit different for each one, but with the same goal in mind to stop drinking.
1: Yeah, that, what are your that thoughts it, on it? it, it, it was, she called it uh, eyeball to eyeball sharing.
0: Eyeball <laughs> you know, to eyeball. eyeball. Can you imagine eyeball. someone just right <laughs> next to your eyeball? Hey Carl, no, that was a nice share.
1: It happens all the time. I don't know what you're talking. About. No, <laughs> um, but you know, I do understand, uh, you know, some of this because uh, it was. I think I shared the other day in an actual meeting, like we were doing. We we're talking about step two, um, but uh, for me, I had to work on um, identifying, not only identifying, but but uh, they brought it up later on. I highlighted it here somewhere, um, you know, where it's like having empathy. Um, you know, uh, oh, you hear the fears and excitements, worries and joys, which you can empathize with, which you remember feeling at times yourself. And so but in doing and then there's the other side of that, which is they talked about a couple of paragraphs later, which was um, the speaker usually has found or is reaching for some contentment, peace of mind, solutions to problems, zest for living and a kind of health of the spirit, which you to want. Um, and it's, if you hang around, those qualities are contagious in AA. And I think for me, one, I had to, um, empathize and identify with somebody else. Uh, and the, and the, the best part was it was, uh, the first dude I empathized with, uh, he was a little bit older than me, but he drank like me. You know, he, uh, um, he had a wife you know, he was, but he was going through a divorce, you know. Ooh. So, um, great but, choice, Carl. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I identify with how he drank and how he felt about who he was when he drank and those types of things. And he uh-huh. had probably like, I want to say like six more months than I did. Um, and so what he, I could hear in his share, and I really identified, you know, with him. So that was a real. The other thing is he physically it looked nothing like me, right? That was the other like, phys, like if if you could imagine the opposite of me, right? The, physically that was him, and it was uh, in every way, shape, and form. So it was very different. So, uh, but he, it was a dude with a kind heart, and you know I, I talked to him, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later about it, and uh, and I really identified with what he was saying. So that's the kind of stuff for me like have developing empathy when they talk about eyeball to eyeball. Like the one thing I practiced in meetings, what do they say, you know, uh uh learn to listen, listen to learn. And I practice giving people eye contact. I give great eye contact, Chelsea. If it if we were <laughs> if we weren't on an internet conference right now, you'd know, right? I give great on eye contact. So um that's kind of part of it, is uh I give I, I give attention to that person who is talking. And I really try to feel what they're talking about. And that's a different than just understanding it, right? So yeah. and I i worked on that, uh, empathy and you know, that kind of stuff. That's what it's like for me when it works. Um and but then there's other times when I'm going to a meeting and I'm like, I can't fucking stand it. You know, that dude's chewing fucking chips, that dude's fucking lying, you know, that you know, I'm <laughs> taking everybody's inventory, you know, I'm like fucking you suck, you suck and you suck, you know. Um, so I can really get out of my my sorts when I'm, when I'm there too, you know, it, it's not always about hanging around looking for contentment, peaceful feelings, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's about me just not going fucking crazy and killing somebody. So, <laughs> which, you know, which is understandable. Right. Um, so I, I, what do you think? What did you think when you first went to your first meeting? What was, what was your first thought of like, um, not the ones that you were like attending through your work, but the ones that you said, I, Chelsea, need to go to a meeting right now. What was it when you sat down that like, what were your inner thoughts?
0: Um, <clears throat> well, I just, I felt really kind of alone in my journey. And I had been brought to this particular meeting a couple of years earlier by a friend and I just went to support, um, you know, at this meeting. I'm just here to support somebody. Exactly. And, you know, thankfully I made my way back. But um, I was really just feeling isolated and didn't have any support. And I, I just wanted to be in a space where I could listen and kind of take it all in. I had no intentions of sharing. Um, but just... Just kind of having that time for myself where I can focus on my recovery and I'm like for an hour at least not like full of anxiety and just thinking about alcohol all the time. I mean, in a meeting, you're going to be talking about it, but it's in a completely different context from you just obsessing about it. Mm hmm. Yeah. What about you? your first meeting? How did that go? Because I know you went to one in treatment. Yeah.
1: Right? I, in treatment, that was, uh forget the dude's name. I think his name was Barry or Brad. I can't. started with a B. Anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, so they came every uh, Saturday. And uh, they did their, their AA spiel or whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, that was their service work. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about, it, you know, cause that's what, you know, I started doing it, um, when I got sober. So that's the thing is that I was like, I thought that that was ironic as fuck <laughs> <You> know, because <laughs> for some people, you know, every time I would do the treatment center too, um, you know, what I really thought is I thought these people are full of shit. I thought, you know, I'm just trying to be indoctrinated. I'm trying to be brainwashed. Um, you know, uh, I just again I was I was fucking what 15 thinking like I knew some shit like when you're mm-hmm. 15 and 16 you just you can't you know, anybody over the age of like 20 is like fucking old you know mm-hmm. so I just thought these old people were trying to tell me shit and <laughs> uh and it was you know, again it was just more people talking down to me and you know cuz you don't know shit you know, I, I, I spilled more than you drank. You fucking oh, You that's know, so the, helpful. Yeah. And then yeah. the other, uh, you know, you're lucky you guys are here getting this now. Yo, you know, okay. I, every time somebody says that shit in a meeting today, I can shut the fuck up. Like, you know, so I'm like, no, no, no. These are young kids sitting in a fucking meeting that like, do not want to be in a meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, have some fucking, you know, understand empathy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, for real. so I sat there and just was like, you know. Fuck this shit. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand any any of it. And I don't remember anything that was even said, to be honest, other than, like, you know, uh, that kind of shit, you know. Um, you know, you're lucky to get it now, you know. And, uh, and it just, yeah, I'm so lucky that I'm sitting in fucking treatment while everybody else is, like, going to school, living their lives, going to the parties and doing all the shit. Because that's all you think, you know. Yep. So, yeah yeah. i
0: mean i think i think uh you have to be receptive as well like you're only gonna get so much out out of a meeting if you're actually like listening yeah and then also taking it seriously like reflecting on it and not just like being there because you're mandated to to, or because like People expect you to be there, or you know, it's your a social card, thing for you.
1: Your wife card, your fucking like, you know, yeah, your, your your work card, like however it is that you define it. Like, the, the, if you're there for any other reason, than then you fucking have had enough. I think you said it last episode, which is like, you know, you know, your bottom is when you stop digging, right? Yeah. And and so if people are there for any other reason other than they know that they want to stop digging. There's almost no fucking point in it. It really isn't. So that's so why I don't know why the courts keep sending them. I mean, yeah, they get some knowledge, right? They get some understanding. Maybe I don't know. It helps. You know, some people had. I do know that come in on court cards and stuff that actually have stayed sober. I mean, but again, probably fewer and far between. You know, in that in that way. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think you're really at that point. You're really not gonna get much if you're there for somebody else. So, um, but you know, it can change, right? It can. I think over the time that you're there, you know, you, you know, maybe you can come around. So I know a lot of people who have done that, but, um, but I think that the, uh, percentage is probably pretty low that it does yeah. happen for, you know? Yeah. So, so, um, I, so you know, might, my, my second time coming back though, I mean, actually coming back, coming back, meaning like maybe that my third time, I don't know how to define it. <laughs> my last time, mm-hmm. uh, that's when, um, I I really was I came because I knew it was the, the the jig was up like the game was over like I knew like really in my heart of hearts like I wasn't I wasn't doing it to just kind of like be in purgatory I was doing it to be like I need fucking help you know and yeah. that's when uh I was quiet I listened um you know I heard a lot of the similarities that kind of stuff and and uh and I cried on the way home all by myself I do like I got in my car I, you know didn't have the radio on and I cried all the way home. Not think, not mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, what a great relief. I found a place that's going to fucking help me. I cried because I was like, fuck, I belong here. Truly, <laughs> <You're like>, damn <laughs> it. Like, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? But I knew in my heart arts that I had to, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hated that. I hated that fucking feeling. You know, such a defeatist feeling, you know? Like I have lost. And I was just like, but yeah, some people say surrender to win, you know? And I was like, no, (laughs) never. I still still have a hard time, but you know what it, I I think, uh, I think it was all good. I think I continue. I got in with the right people. I think I did the right things and, and I find myself here today sober and, you know, and a little bit more free than I ever have been. So, um, Hey, what would you suggest as a meeting to somebody like their first meeting? Like they just went through these meeting types like there's like, so first of all, open meeting, anybody can attend, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: If anybody ever tries to kick you out of a meeting because you didn't say, I'm Chelsea, I'm an alcoholic, or I'm Chelsea, I have a desire not to drink today, or whatever. if it's an open meeting, classified as an open meeting, you don't need to say shit, right? You you could just say, I'm Carl, and you could fucking share, right? But just be honest, right? But that's the thing. It's like So if it's a closed meeting, that's when you, you have to identify or you say, I have a desire not to drink today. That is the the caveats right for being in a closed meeting and that means that you guys are all identifying together you're all you know part of that same uh ship and that's really it so um so that's the only difference between open and closed and then um and of course there's other meetings too that they don't even listen you know there's uh there's uh gay there's uh uh men's there's women's there's uh geez i don't know there's probably other trans meetings i bet i bet there's a ton of different types of meetings uh that you can go to you know of any other types of meetings? Um,
0: I'm trying to think.
1: I mean, I don't. I don't know. If yeah, I can't even. remember. Yeah, all I know is that. I mean, of course, there's all these language meetings. So depending on where you're at, you know, mm-hmm. Southern California would definitely have uh, Spanish meetings, Spanish speaking meetings, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. I think up in um, up in Minnesota they have uh, Scandinavian meetings, which is just like, a, yeah, you betcha, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do up there. Uh, they talk about Ludfisk all the time. Um, so, so what do you think about uh, the types of meetings? So, if somebody was going to go to a meeting, I mean, what what meeting would you suggest? A beginner's meeting, I guess, is the is the question.
0: A beginner's meeting.
1: You know, where they like really focus on like steps one, two, and three, or they like you know, uh, you know, it's sometimes it, and it depends too. Like if you go to a club, like they'll ask like. Um, are there any begin- are newcomers here, right? Do you have like less than, uh, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, t- uh, 10 days of sobriety, or do you consider yourself a newcomer? And then what they'll do is they'll they'll actually get some people from that meeting, and you'll break off and go to a separate room so that hmm. you could have some time to talk, you know, and, and so that I you can... I would absolutely
0: hate that. <laughs> I, know, I know. 1,000%. <laughs> no. <laughs> from me
1: <laughs> so you'd be like no we're not doing the breakout be nope. like
0: yeah. and I'm not coming back here thank you very much <laughs> some people maybe that's what they need like yeah. but I I'm just like no like I pretend I'm not here at yeah all. right so
1: and then okay so then there's uh you know, then there's is like sometimes where all the newcomers will just um, you can voluntarily go to the other breakout room right so it's basically like the beginner's room so they'll so the there's the larger meeting for people that have been doing step work, but then there's people that, whose job really it is or whose whose service it is to actually go into that beginners meeting. So they, it is facilitated, it is led by people who have done the twelve steps and you know who are you know there to to serve in that capacity. So no, I wouldn't have feel comfortable doing that myself either. I wouldn't want to be like. Oh yeah, take me into a separate room, please. You know, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would just, it'd be really weird. But what about a beginner's meeting where they just focus on like steps one, two, and three?
0: I think that'd be beneficial. But at the same time, um, if it's a beginner's meeting, I've never been to one. Um, does that mean that it's literally all newbies? Because that wouldn't be very beneficial no, to only have newcomers. So new... it,
1: it's really where, you know, 12-steppers basically go to fish for newcomers,
0: <laughs> right? Okay. So
1: if they go there, because they that's... So a, a beginner's meeting for me, I would go to one because I'm 12-stepping, right? Mm-hmm. So I go there to support that new person coming in. So to go there, and I talk about, again, steps one, two, and three, but I talk about it from the perspective of having had eight years, right? And Same with yeah. somebody having 20 or 25. They go to those beginner's meetings to support them. You know, and to when you run out of a sponsees
0: (laughs) yeah when all your
1: sponsees go out back out and drink you go
0: to a newcomers meeting (laughs) (laughs) let me get some new ones (laughs) yeah yeah, some
1: fresh ones I need some fresh ones these ones are stale
0: (laughs) so so I mean I I think it just it it's such a toss-up because for like a lot of people women's meetings are like the best for them Mm. and They are for me too, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) 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 But I went to, I went to a women's meeting and never regretted it more in my entire life. Tell me more. I want nothing to do with that meeting. (laughs) (laughs) It's just way too much (laughs) estrogen, too much crying, too much whining. And I'm just like, nah, like we're not here for this. like. Let's get to the meat of it. Are, like, are you I'm sure not you didn't to... come
1: to my men's meeting?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, it was
0: it was not for me. Maybe well, some know, women are like that, though. You know, like you know, there could be trauma with men, and so I definitely think there's a place for it. It's just yeah, for me, yeah. it, it wasn't. It shouldn't it wasn't working. Yeah, it's
1: it's that's why we you know in the beginnings most meetings, you know, you'll hear the readings in the beginning. Then when they open it up, you know. This is a place where we talk about, you know, you know, alcoholism in a general way, right? Like that it's some, it's a place where we, we talk about alcoholism to it, you know, and how, how your life relates in that way. So, so there's that. So that, you know, it does, there is a place for it. You're right. Uh, But AA is also a place for that stuff as it relates to alcoholism. So, you know, is it something that's taking you to your next drink? Is it something that, you know, is, is hard for you to understand? Same thing with, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, like if it is spousal abuse or family abuse or you know other you know relationships relationships are hard for people so I can understand to a certain degree but just don't get so specific that's the other thing right when people start to yeah. get all this real it gets you can get you can lose a lot of people let's just say so um you know for me the men's meetings you, it's funny you brought up the women's meetings because. Um, So, I don't know if it comes through or not, if it's ever come through on the podcast. I'm not a real man's man. You know what I'm saying? That did come through, right? I hope. I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm not, I I don't, you know, I don't really watch a lot of sports, you know. Um, I'm not real, um, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm just not angled that way, right? You know, uh, so, so for me, you know, I never really trusted a lot of men. Men were some, like, to me, like, men are just not fucking cool, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things, um, you know, I did is uh, I, I was going to a meeting and I decided I would leave work and I would and I was able to make it to this meeting. It was like every time I made it it was like a half hour in. Right. And so um, and it was a men's meeting. So I would go into that men's meeting rather than just sitting in the car. And uh, and I would just sit. And it's great because when you come late to a meeting, you're not expected to talk and nobody nobody points you out because they're like, oh, he came in late. He doesn't get to talk. And I fucking, I love that shit because I was just getting in too, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I got to sit there and I got to acclimate a little bit. I got to feel that water and see if it was like okay to even speak for that matter. Um, and it took me a while. It took me a good long while to actually sit and listen to that shit and like, okay, is this like, and to understand the, the macho bullshit that comes up, you know? And and then the... um the hazing or the razzing, you know, that kind of stuff that goes on with men. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just too sensitive as an alcoholic, you know, so if you're going to razz me at that level, like I probably couldn't have been able to stomach it because, you know, I was sensitive. Does I that was, happen at the men's meetings? Fuck yeah, you get razzed up. Like shit. Dude, it's like a locker room, you know? It's like, okay. You know. okay.
0: So, well, so, well, I've never been to one. I don't well, know. I, <laughs> you
1: know I, I mean, but here's the thing is what I found out too is like when it does get serious, people get serious they don't you know what i mean so when it's all on the surface and there's nothing like you're talking about nothing serious going on you know no uh, you know t- no talk of abuse or you know those types mm-hmm. of things and when it's really just being you know playful rah rah you know jabby in the you know ribs kind of shit it's like it, it gets razzy or it gets snarky or you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and and i mean it's okay to a certain degree it's called crosstalk is what we, we call it right uh-huh. so if somebody can snap off a joke or whatever and ha ha ha. And it's, you know, it's a good laugh thing. But but when somebody's trying to share in a in a genuine, honest, direct fucking way for the first time in their life ever, it's not fucking appreciated, right? Yeah. You know, not by me, especially because I'm sitting there going like, I can't imagine being that guy right now. You know what I mean? Because if I was new, trying to open up to a bunch of fucking dudes and all they did was fucking joke and poke me, ah ha ha, I would just be like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out of here." So I'm glad yeah. I didn't go to like one of those meetings to begin with because I I don't I don't know if I could have done it. But you know what I you know I I grew. That's the other thing. I didn't know who I was. Right? Didn't know what I was about. I responded to everybody else in a very reactionary way, and so um. But as I progressed in sobriety and recovery, I actually well, I kind of know what I'm about now. So when somebody says that shit, I know they're joking. Right. And I know it's not personal. They're just trying to get a laugh. Big fucking deal. But back then I could never have done any of that shit. You know, I would have been just just too sensitive. You know, I'm too sensitive. (laughs) That's okay. um, I relate to that. Well, and I guess, you know, it's okay now. But that's why I say I'm just kind of throwing it out there for people who are, you know, if they do go to men's meetings like that and they do get that sense of like, you know, you know, that they're getting picked on or cross talk too heavy. You know, you do have a right to speak up too, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and you put somebody right in their place. Any goddamn, any goddamn time you want to say, do you mind? <laughs> you know, I don't think it'll end up in a, in a fist cuffs, but you know, who knows? It is a, <laughs> just know that you're, you're dealing with the general public. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I guess here's the other question, uh, Chelsea, do we have to go to those meetings for the rest of our lives?
0: don't have to but why not why well, I mean like what's the harm in going to them you know it's 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 never been a waste of time for me mm. I've, I've often told people like some meetings are a little bit boring some people or some meetings are they go overtime or there's someone who keeps talking but none of them have ever been a waste of time And I, I stand by that because I always leave feeling better. You know, even if it was like some bullshit, like stupid, like I didn't get a whole lot out of it. I still got out of my head for a minute and got to like be focused on recovery. So I think I, I will probably continue going to meetings the rest of my life. The frequency I think is what changes. You know, mm-hmm. you go more frequently if you're struggling, or if you feel like you need it, or you go less often because you are enjoying your new life and you know want to do things with your new life. Like you, you don't need to be going to three meetings a day for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. What about you?
1: I I have um I have paid the price for a assuming I had it all figured out too soon. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like, uh, and, and, and again, for not actually working the quote unquote program, not actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, uh, when I was 20 and I, I was sober between, uh, 20 and 25, for three of those years, I attended meetings the first three years. And, um, and I, I'd say I did two meetings a week, um, for, those three years and then well no and then towards the end of that i started doing just one meeting of course and then i said to myself well, these people just all they do is sit around and bitch you know all they do is complain that's my that's what you know because you can hear what you want to hear you know <laughs> and and also i think you hear what you do right yeah all i did when i went to the meetings was bitch and complain and then um and then so i dropped out of going to meetings thinking that i got it figured out and then uh I, well, I figured out how to relapse pretty quickly. Uh, so about two years is what it took after meeting. So total of five years, but, um, you know, I, uh, I figured that, you know, this time around, um, that I would make it a, uh, a part of my weekly life again, not my daily, you know, not something that I do. Um, you know, so right now I think I even still, I want to cut back on going to you know, all, all the meetings that I do go to, right? There's like a certain mm-hmm. like I want to find a better balance, and I want to do other things. I want to read other books. I want that time, you know, to go to a meeting. You gotta like, you know, get dressed, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> uh, and you know, now that I now that I have a sweet, sweet job working at home, that's a hard thing, right? <laughs> but no, I, uh but you know, yeah, you gotta um, you know, it takes to go to an hour meeting. It takes at least three hours, as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know, just from the, the, the prep time before going to the meeting and then after the meeting. Right. So you've got a three hour thing. And that's a lot to take out of your day some days, you know, especially when you have children, you know, uh, you know, a spouse, uh, college in your case. You know, my case, you know, I want to do extracurricular learning or whatever it may be. And that takes time away from those things. It takes time from these stuff that I, you know, really enjoy. Right. Not that I don't mm-hmm. enjoy going to a meeting. Don't get me wrong. But the other stuff that I'm trying to pursue, you know, that does make it um, a little difficult sometimes. But I guess here's the thing. I made the deal. And I don't know if it was with the devil or God, but I made the deal this time (laughs) (laughs) to say, like, you know, get me through this and I will help other people. Right. Like, if I can if I can find a way out of this, please, I will do what And I when when the deal came up, I was like, ah, shit. It was like my third step. Right. And I was like, I know I'm Mm -hmm. making a deal right now. And I didn't realize it was <laughs> you know what it was gonna do so that's kind of part of it for me as I realized like the life I traded a little bit was well worth it and that's so like when yeah. I you know when I do have the extra couple hours every day even I kind of go like could you imagine if I was drunk right I'd be drunk for eight hours tonight rather than you know all busy for th- going to a meeting ooh you know uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's like so so I don't know I think it That's kind of part of it. Um, I don't think that I'll be doing as many meetings as I get older, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, But I do look forward to at least, you know, having one meeting that I, uh, you know, go to faithfully. This is the idea for me. One meeting I go to faithfully for myself is my home group meeting. And then any other additional meetings would be to be of service for others, right, to try and be there, you know, to be at least that one voice in the room that says, Yes, you are crazy, and you should
0: talk to somebody. Get <laughs> <Can't> help. <laughs> Get help,
1: man. Get help. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. So, um, is that it? Is that all we got? Oh, you know what? I did like I said. It talked about, um, you know, talked about that going from from one group or visiting a lot of other groups, um, and then uh, you know talked about like getting different ideas because if you're complacent in your recovery, if you're complacent in your program. That that's the stuff to do there's always other types of meetings to go to to change up your meetings to say all right I'm going to change my schedule to go from now you know Wednesdays and Fridays now instead of Tuesdays and Thursdays right um, mm-hmm. that uh, that you find a different type of meeting to go to so there's all these other different types of meetings that they have as well uh, topic meetings or step meetings or popsicle stick meetings or you know whatever it is uh, the meeting I go to frequently is uh called what's really going on. And um and it's really a place where people just kinda come and they can really dump their shit and it's just mm-hmm. like you know, or talk about how fucking great you know, sobriety is. Whatever what's really going on with you today. You know, never mind the speeches, like what's going on with your fucking life today. And um so but what I really liked is that uh um it it mentioned here about order orderliness, which helps combat alcoholism. Like I that discipline that we talk about, about having a home group, having a base, and going to that one meeting, come hell or high water, gave me so much more, like, I need to be there. Like And it, mm-hmm. and it gave me, like, that drive and purpose. And it, and it really did help me to start to order my life. Because before, I didn't know if it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I was going to get drunk, first of all, right? And I could really almost care less whether it was fucking Thursday or Monday, right? It just didn't matter to me. Now it's like when I started to go to meetings, I started to have a home group. That really gave me like a sense of like, I look forward every week to that as far as that goes. And and I I, I would have never known that if I didn't make that a real consistent thing in my life. So I would recommend, mm-hmm. even, I don't care what meeting you go to, go to a meeting consistently in the day and time of the week that is, that, that meeting is available. That's what I would say. Pick one meeting and go to that one you know, quote unquote, religiously and see how it changes after about, you know, two months and see what, see if you don't start like, you know, liking to go right. Looking forward yeah. to attending because that's what happened to me. You know, they suckered me and they brainwashed me.
2: <laughs> but
0: I mean, it's important to if you don't like the first meeting you go to find another one because yeah, burn that one down so and different. then walk away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, Make sure are, but... no one sees you. Pour the gasoline.
1: <laughs> but, but And there's different cultures to different meetings, too. It's like there's different mm-hmm. personality types. And some of, some of them have complete different vibes. Like, for instance, the meeting that I'm secretary right now, I, I uh, uh, we voted to dim the lights, right? So we dim the lights and we have these lights that go around Ooh, the room. Dim and dim the lights. And we, and we dim the lights because we're getting all serious to talking. But it's, uh, it's also more of a laid-back atmosphere, right? You know, mm-hmm. not, not this staunchy thing so everybody feels pretty relaxed enough to, to talk and that's a that's a real positive thing so you know so yeah so pick pick a different meeting if you don't like the first one go to the next one and if you do pick up on what a vibe then go back to that one and see what it's like the next week and the next week so oh, sure. show okay so um, so I'm not going to talk about canoes or camels or helicopters or jeeps or trucks or bicycles <laughs> or a sleigh
0: I was like, wow, people really be taking their camel out to get to get to an AA meeting. That's I want to see that happen. Or their sleigh. I mean, I guess maybe in Alaska.
1: I, I, you know, I guess. I mean, you could say sled as in like, you know, uh, snowmobile, but uh, sleigh, I don't know. Horses and everything. Okay. What about those so
0: like, I, what are what's it called? The um the dog race thingy what's it called sled
1: Sled. dog sled. it is
0: called a sled okay that's yeah. right yeah. yeah that's what i'm envisioning in my mind
1: <laughs> take your toboggan you to the to, <laughs> <laughs> to the meeting i don't know cross-country ski to your local meeting all right. a jet ski all right, would so, be pretty sick so that's it that's the meeting that's all we have to it. oh and i uh posted on uh uh sober silver pod uh, dotting of the calming, if you go to the member only section, there is a uh, an article there called uh, missed uh, missed the meeting question mark. And it'll give you tips on what you can do to uh, get, get some inspiration when you can't make a meeting. So other things that you can do other than go to meeting, And I mean, other than attending a, you know, a virtual meeting or no Zoom meetings or, you know, if you're really like, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe on your lunch hour or something. You know what I mean? Um, You know, just something that like, you know, if you're not able to make it to your meeting to get you more into a a vibe about awareness of your daily life, how's that? So that article's there. If you want to pay for it though, because silverpod.com has a members only section and you can pay, check this out, $2 or $5. You just got to pick which one. If you are a baller and you got it going on and you want to throw down your $5 and you want us to know that you're a baller, Go on, click the $5 button. But you know what? For $2, dollars you get the exact same service. So if you just want to save a buck or two, $2 a month, you just click the $2 button. But there you go. But I know your ego is going to say, you know what? I want Carl and Chelsea to know I'm a fucking baller. So I'm going to select the $5 button. And what this money I just want to point out what this money is used for. So uh, and because it's been a whole year now and we've been like really like a whole year since we've really been collecting and really doing this, mm-hmm. um, we are probably about, I want to say like maybe $200 short of like total expenses. So, um, so it is helping us to pay, you know, all the hosting fees, all the email, all the extra, um, email services that we do. Um, you know, whatever we have, our zoom fees, we even have this like, uh, riverside fm fees and these are all monthly things that we do in order to do this stuff i mean we did buy equipment but that's kind of like a write-off that we had in the first few years so that was donated as well um to a certain degree so that's the idea is um you know that's where all the money goes uh, like i said we uh, we're two hundred dollars short so we can just pass the basket one more time and you guys can, <laughs> <laughs> can drop your <laughs> Drop your money in, but no, it's, it's all good. And that's with, we've had substantial, um, uh, uh, donations, right? So you can still donate. So we've had, um, yeah. t- uh, a hundred dollar donations this year. So, uh, which is super cool, right? Like, which is great because that means that that person didn't want to be a member. They didn't want to pay for the subscriptions on Spotify or whatever, but they just went to the website and clicked donation and give us a hundred bucks. So, you know, if you don't That's want to be a sweet. member, you don't want. What's that?
0: That's sweet. Yeah, it was cool. I didn't know that occurred.
1: <clears throat> well, it was my sponsor. If you don't remember, it was, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was my sponsor. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to oust him, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he's in the hospital. All right. So, um, so what else do we got going on?
0: Um, <clears throat> on our Facebook group. We've got Bing and yep. Phil, who does his exercise classes every Saturday morning. So if you want to join our super secret Facebook group, it is... Super secret. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash group slash sober pod. Um, and then we've super got... Secret. Yes. I'm just doing the commercial. Secret. So yeah. <laughs> if you need a place for support, it's a nice small little community that... Um, You know, we've got like daily quotes, we've got videos, um, you can interact with Carl and myself, and what else? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, the Fire Network. Carl?
1: There is a Fire Network. You know, I actually put a link up on on SilverPod. If you go to the very bottom link on SilverPod, it'll say, there's like a little thing at silverpod.com at the very bottom, it says, uh, we're part of the Fire Network. And actually, that explains Everything about what it's about is written out. I don't even know if that's a final document yet, but I just put it up there. So um, if you're hmm. if you are interested in sharing resources in terms of spreading the word of recovery, we would like you to go there, read it, and want to be a part of it. If you go there and read it and you think that this is shit, then just I mean tell us. You know, send us an email. Say no, I wouldn't want to do that, and we'll do something else. Um, that would be great too. But just contact us. Uh, either way. And then the other thing, because we're talking about meetings, we have SOS meetings, which is on Saturday at 4 p.m. You can attend a meeting with other like-minded individuals who also listen to Silver Pod and who think that this fucking show is the shiznit. The shit They shoot? go. <laughs> the, the shit They go. <laughs> they go. To the SOS meetings, you can get there by going to silverpod.com, scroll down, and then, like midway in the scroll, you'll see a red bordered box that says SOS, and it has all the information there for the Zoom meeting at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's Saturday nights. What a good way to spend our Saturday night, you know, alone uh, on the computer uh, while seven other people watch you eat bonbons naked. No?
0: I just have a question: <laughs> Does SOS stand for Sober on Saturday? What is it, st- or is it SOS like Help?
1: I think it was SOS. Help is really what it is about.
0: Well, it's but gonna be I like sober, sober on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're sober every day. But I don't know. Especially we have to Saturday,
1: V. Can you can you tell us? It's uh, I don't know. Can you actually uh, do a call into the show, V? Will you please go to the website? Click. Send us a message, and then leave a message on in under one minute, in under sixty seconds, on why SOS is named SOS. That would be wonderful. Then we can play it on air, and we can answer the question. I love it. Done deal. All right, party people, ex party people. Is that hey? They can still be party people. Well, I mean, you know, not the type of party people that we're talking about. You know,
0: the sober party people.
1: Yeah, you can be you know silver party people. All right, silver. You party know people.
0: what? I I just have one thing that I thought of this week that I wanted to bring up. So you know how like Taylor Swift, her fans are called no. the Swifties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking I don't of know like. What you're talking about. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Taylor Swift and her Swifties. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who else? My who else is a good example? Bieber That's and, and just the Beliebers. F- yes. Exactly. Justin what? Bieber and his believers. What would sober pod be? Like the sober podians? the the sober the sobers. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Silver beads, silver peeps. No, the s- silver po- poples. <laughs> silver potties. <Sober> poops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. The silver podians, That's what it would be. Silver podians. But you know, um, why is it that when everybody. Um, comes into the Facebook live that they say, welcome to the jungle. Like when they go to silver pod live on Facebook <laughs> in our groups, why do they, why what? do they think they, they call they, they, for a long time there, they were calling like, welcome to the jungle. Like it was like a free for all wild place or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was like, is it really wild in here? I'm just not sure. You know? No, um, it's not. So
0: I think it's just like, Hey, another crazy person joined the yeah. crazy people. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome
1: to the asylum. Oh, yeah, please have a seat. Try this jacket on. <laughs> no, you can't move your arms once you get into it. No. All right. <laughs> that's it. That's what we're doing. We're done. Okay, so Chelsea, what do you say to the kind um uh sober partiers? Deuces. And I say stay active, stay sober.
0: See ya. Bye.
1: See you later. Bye. <laughs> Chelsea's doing the uh the the uh, what is the pageant is, wave. Pageant wave, yeah there you go. That's nice. That's nice, that's <laughs> nice. Ooh, look at that nice pageant wave. Oh, you've won. You've won. Okay. <laughs> See you later.